Hi, welcome to Help Me Unlock. I'm your host, Aditi. This podcast documents my business growth journey, my unlocking journey in real time. At any given point, I've got 30 bottlenecks that I'm working on unlocking so that I can move my business to the next level. Whether that's revenue, client servicing, marketing, product design, skill set, or another area that I need to level up. The thing is, I don't have any answers for you. I just have one repeating question. Can you help me unlock? Each episode is a live coaching session with an expert, an author, a thought leader, someone to whom I pose that very question. The Help Me Unlock podcast is serendipity at its best. In every episode, you discover the hidden gem, the secret, the key to unlock at the exact same moment that I discover it. These conversations are private and precious to me and sharing them with you is to me a way of celebrating. You see, I've had the immense pleasure of stumbling onto my life's purpose, ever learning, ever sharing and ever serving. I'm delighted that you're diving in, celebrating and discovering with me. Start anywhere you like and I will see you inside. Welcome to episode one of the Help Me Unlock podcast. I'm your host, Aditi, and my guest today is Heidi Medina, a four-time business owner and professional in digital marketing. Heidi has spent 20 years creating beautiful landscapes for CEOs and movie stars before moving into content and social media management for Fortune 500 companies. In 2018, Heidi jumped into coaching and helping people create businesses and consistent marketing strategies they not only love, but gives them the freedom and flexibility to have the lifestyle of their dreams. In our conversation today, Heidi and I take a deep dive into LinkedIn as a social platform, how to build your LinkedIn to engage, attract, and start conversations with your prospects, and more. This conversation is truly a goldmine when it comes to LinkedIn marketing. Let me take you through a few highlights. Heidi and I talk about becoming visible on LinkedIn, the future of the platform, the balance of personal and professional content on LinkedIn, something that is heatedly debated on the platform today, how to boost your sales on LinkedIn, how to leverage the platform's unique algorithm, which is unlike any other social platform, how to set up your goals for the channel, uh, free content positioning, and a shift that is going to transform your sales, not just on LinkedIn, but anywhere online. We've also talked about the best tools for organizing your content and so much more. So I'm not going to keep you waiting any longer. Let's jump right into this and unlock LinkedIn visibility with Heidi Medina. Heidi, thank you so much for being here. It is so good to have got you, got your calendar open to be able to do this. I'm delighted to have this conversation. Oh, thank you for so much for having me. I'm I'm excited to have it with you. <laughs> Visibility and LinkedIn's a big thing. <laughs> I know. And I think you just you've mastered the art of it because every time you pop up on my newsfeed, and we we haven't met such a long time ago, Heidi, but LinkedIn's realized that I really like your content. So you pop up every time I open up LinkedIn and well it's, it never fails to delight or engage or make me think about something. And um, many times I won't, 
I won't comment because I'm in the middle of something or or like or engage with the post, but it's on my mind to the extent where I want to come back and reply to Heidi's post. So you're obviously doing the visibility piece right. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, well, you know, for me, though, with LinkedIn, it's about enjoying the conversation. So whatever I can do to get that started, that's what I'm working to make happen. So yeah. The, yeah. so to hear you say it makes you want to come back and comment later, then I've done my job. <laughs> You've done your job. Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, let's start a little bit, Heidi, with with LinkedIn itself as a platform, I know you've spent you spend a lot of time there and you help your clients kind of crack the code with with becoming visible and showing up on LinkedIn. Uh, where's the platform come to in the last few years and where do you see it going? It's always hard to predict the going part, but let's see. We'll talk about that. As far as I've been on the platform almost daily for the last five years, actually, yeah, I'm actually over that mark now. Um, when I started deciding to use it regularly, I, I jumped back on it. I, we've probably all got LinkedIn profiles that have been sitting there forever that we only used for job hunting because um, I signed up probably 12, 13 years ago. And it was just not a place to hang out and have conversation. It was very boring, <laughs> very corporate-y. Um, so it wasn't till later I was hunting a new platform because I was building, I was wanting to build my content writing business more and get more clients because I work with corporate clients on that aspect. So I'm like, okay, LinkedIn is the place to be. Jumped back on, it had completely changed. I mean, all of a sudden people were actually having a conversation. It was becoming a social platform. And so that has not changed in the last five years. I mean, we've seen algorithm change, reach drop, things like that. But as far as the conversation, it's the one platform I know that you can jump on and people are going to want to have conversation. They're going to want to talk to you and stuff. So for me, that's a big thing. And I think as far as I can tell is we're going to keep that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Trends are changing a little bit, of course. A lot of people are getting upset because people are sharing more personal posts, things like that as more people come on the platform. Personally, I think it's more fun that you get to know your people better. <laughs> I have seen some of your very heartfelt posts around around kind of personal sharing and the balance between personal and professional, and I definitely want to dive into that. What are what are some other trends, Heidi, that you're seeing? Uh, because you, I know you're watching for a lot of patterns and and learning from it, and also using it as as material to comment and share and kind of enlighten your client base with. Yeah, um, obviously LinkedIn just released creator mode a little bit earlier this year. So that's a big thing that is coming. We don't, I'm not seeing the full effects of it yet. So it's going to be hard to know how that's going to change everything completely. It does seem to be encouraging more people to create content. Um, that's a big one on LinkedIn. I mean, you've got almost 700 million users and you've got only about 1% of them creating content at this point. So the majority of them are lurking. Uh, even getting them into the comments is is a big deal. But as far as content creation, LinkedIn is working to encourage more people to start bringing content on. Now, we've already seen it during pandemic times that you've seen more people come online. So the noise has gotten to be more because there's more people creating. Um, so it is getting harder to get heard and seen compared to what it was even two years ago. 
Uh, but that's normal. That's the way a social platform grows, and that's a good sign that we are seeing it grow and new yeah. con- new people coming on. So you know, it keeps your feet from being boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And um, the the seven hundred million number that that you shared just now, uh, and I'm aware of the one percent as well being the creators, which uh, which I'm sure we're going to see, like you said, a bit of a spike over the last um, fifteen months or so. Uh, the seven hundred million are they? active users that are logging into the platform daily or weekly? Do we know that? Has LinkedIn shared any of those stats? LinkedIn shares some of that. Um, Mm. It's only looking like maybe 40, 50% seem to log in regularly. Mm. Daily, that number drops drastically. We're probably looking at maybe nine, 10% based on what you see. So that's still, that's a lot of people. Um, it's yeah. not an active platform as say, you know, Facebook, Instagram, even Twitter is more active with people, yeah. but people do seem to check in pretty regularly, even if it is mm-hmm. two or three times a month. Yeah. Yeah. So. I've also seen a bit of a, um, and I don't know if you've seen this as well, a bit of a kind of catch up behavior. So it, even though you're not getting, logging onto the platform every day, maybe you're doing it once a week, but then on Friday, I will okay. have someone uh, kind of regularly log in every Friday and go back and like seven, eight, ten of my posts that I've done over the week. And so it's it's almost like even though they're not engaging right in the moment, just when you post it in the 30 minutes after in the golden window on LinkedIn, uh, they do come back and, and find content that, that they find useful, and which is a different behavior from, I'd say, Facebook and Instagram. I agree. And not only that, I think LinkedIn picked up on that as well. That um, I think it was late last year, early this year, they changed the trend. Used to be what was in your feed was almost the immediate posted or within the last few hours. Whereas now you have about your content on LinkedIn has about a 14 day span if it has no engagement. Um, If people are engaging with it, it can continue. I've got pieces of content that are still coming up a month later because people see it, those people that are catching up, or it just got introduced into their feed. Because I also see people's content that's like from two weeks ago, all of a sudden, sometimes sometimes it's a little annoying because it's not relevant anymore at that point. But, you know, it is what it is. It can't be, it's not going to be perfect. But I love that it's extended the lifespan of our content instead Mm -hmm. of having that 30 minutes to an hour, maybe three or four hours if people are actively engaging. And then it's just gone. Whereas LinkedIn, you have that much longer lifespan, which I find so much better. And then, of course, when people come on, that once a week checkup because yeah they definitely do yeah yeah and and if they're following you and they love your stuff they're going to go back and check on everything and read it and see what's happened and you know then all of a sudden you'll get more comments which of course boost your content back into the algorithms too right so i kind of like that about things i know a lot of people don't but i like that longer lifespan yeah i can't imagine not like i I think it's brilliant as well and it's 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 such a unique opportunity because so many people think of social media content as kind of a one hit and and, you know it's either going to work in 24 hours or it's not and uh you either go back and like evaluate or delete which is (laughs) which is terrible but um but people do it and just the fact that your your content's given a shot for you said 14 days if it's not very highly engaged with but but up to a month I've, i've also seen 
kind of two month old stuff that's got 2000, 3000 engagements on it show up because their algorithms figured out what I'm interested in and what kind of conversation I like to join in on. So yeah, it's been, uh, that's, that's a unique opportunity for sure. Let's talk a little bit about that personal versus professional balance, uh, Heidi, because I know you've got a lot to say (laughs) about that. So how personal is too personal for LinkedIn? In reality, there's not. It depends on your brand. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a problem. And yeah, you've definitely seen me rant on this because I, I really get frustrated with people telling other people how to control their brand, their business, what they should be posting. And I don't like that word should. No one should or shouldn't do anything. In reality, it's about managing your profile, your brand, your business, the way it works for you to attract your ideal clients. So if you have clients that want to see more personal stuff from you, maybe you'll share more personal stuff. It's that's one thing about a content strategy on LinkedIn. I think a lot of people miss is they think about and worry about what everybody else thinks is, am I being professional enough? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, professional is whatever it looks like for you. Professional is not wearing a suit tie, carrying a briefcase and going into work. It's not, it's, an expert who can deliver something. And if you're delivering it, however you choose to deliver it and getting paid for it, you're a professional. I mean, at the end of the day, that's all professionalism is, is getting paid to do something you're an expert at. It doesn't matter what you look like, what you talk about or anything. Just, I mean, for example, I had a guy on there the other day, he was really, really hammering home. He's like, well, what if the girl's wearing a bathing suit in the photos, her profile photo? And I'm like, well, you need to ask all these questions first. Could it be an extremely personal photo that maybe possibly doesn't work for her brand? Of course. I mean, everybody makes mistakes like that. But in the end, maybe she's a swimsuit model, maybe a swimsuit designer. I mean, there's all of these questions you got to ask. Why is she wearing a swimsuit? Does it work for her brand? It doesn't really matter if you don't like it. At the end of the day, scroll, block, unfollow um, if you don't like it. But yeah, I get so sick of people telling people that don't post personal. This isn't Facebook. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got me on my soapbox. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree completely. And just to to that very example, Heidi, I follow a couple of body positivity coaches who who yeah. share a lot of really personal content, but you can see um, the way they show up and be vulnerable and and the courage with which they show up and be authentic yeah. on the platform is it's it's working that formula and and the or rather the lack of formula that they're using there is it's brilliant because it's attracting so many more women men people to to their brand to what they're doing and i think that definition of corporate changed a long time ago and so the yeah. people that are sat here saying oh, if it's not strictly professional, then this is not the place to share it. I think maybe they need to kind of um, step it up or speed up a little bit. But but again, it's very much your choice. You can completely customize your feed to show you what you want to see. And you can, it's like one click away to say, don't show me posts like this anymore. Exactly. And, and that's just it. And I've gotten to the point where 
you know, I, I'm from the southern U.S. and we, we're queens of the passive aggressiveness when it comes to <laughs> you don't realize we've insulted you till you it's long gone. So, I, I mean, I'll be honest, it's, I, I rarely use it, but it is the one place I bring it out because I'm like, I just like to the trolls or the bullies who start that kind of stuff with this is it for Facebook. And it's like, well, you know, Thank you for commenting and helping boost my post with the algorithms. That's immediately going to shut them up because they didn't want to boost your post. But then I actually very nicely invite them to stop following me, block me, or keep scrolling. And if they need help finding those options, I am happy to instruct them where to go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) I'm sorry. I get a kick out of that one. (laughs) Me too. And, And I... I, I've seen you very kind of gracefully handle a lot of these uh, these things because you're you're passionate about what you share, and so that naturally creates a polarity. I think when people view the post, so they have something to say for it or against it, and if they have to really feel against it to, to take out the energy and the time from their day to come and comment, right? So great for you because you did entice an emotion end of the day. <laughs> And you know what? I welcome differing opinions. It's the only way we learn and grow as long as they're presented without abuse or someone trying to intimidate someone. Um, I absolutely enjoy conversations that aren't my opinion. I'm not looking for an echo chamber. Um, A, I think it allows you a chance to display your expertise and what you know when you get in those conversations. But you have a chance to learn something new. I mean, I've had conversations on there before that were 100% different than my opinion. Come out the other side and I've changed my opinion. So we need to have those conversations, but it needs to be presented in a way that's respectful and isn't trying to actually intimidate or abuse someone. That's the difference. There's no place anywhere for bullying and trolling. And unfortunately, LinkedIn has more than its share of that stuff. Yeah. So... Um, yeah. that's something I heavily speak out against and, you know, it just, it's not right anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm glad we had that conversation, Heidi. I think it's an important message to be shared on as many platforms as possible, not just LinkedIn. Um, yes. when it comes to, I think there's one more balance that I'm mindful of when I'm showing up on LinkedIn and that is tactical sales posts that are driving people to some kind of a call to action versus (laughs) i can see you (laughs) chuckling (laughs) versus relationship building posts that are softer that really have almost nothing to do with the work that i do and i've found that my reasons for being on linkedin and my 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 followers my linkedin family's reasons for connecting with me have shifted and started to mean so much more when i moved away from sales and tactical what is that balance is there a formula and how do you approach it well it depends on your goals it depends on what you're trying to achieve i mean i absolutely adore my linkedin family my my network things like that and it's extremely valuable i mean i protect it part of what keeps me i Try showing up almost daily is literally just to check in, see what's going on. Um, but as far as sales and stuff, if you're a business, sales posts are it's a necessity, and it's whether you just drop it into the comments that you mentioned what you're going to do, or a small little PS at the bottom, whether the whole post be a sales post. 
But sales posts are necessary if your goal is to sell. Now, for some people, it's just brand awareness. If it's bringing in brand awareness, then you're just sharing content that way. So it, it honestly depends on what your goal is and what you're trying to achieve. But at the end of the day, if you're a business, your goal is to sell. And I don't think people sell enough. Um, but there's a different way of selling rather than just buy my stuff constantly. I mean, it doesn't mean your post isn't being persuasive or educating somebody towards the sale, things like that. I especially see women on LinkedIn. This is the hardest thing for them is the sales. And, and that's in general. Women tend to have, most women, not all, have, tend to have a harder thing for asking for the sale. They're afraid of how they're going to appear, that people are going to think they're too aggressive. They're asking for too much. They shouldn't want things. It's also a reason they tend to be, um, don't price themselves appropriately and all kinds of things like that. So, you know, it's, it's, I won't even say it's a fine line. It's a not, it's really stepping back. Your content needs to be achieving your goals. If it's not, then your content is not, you're not achieving your purpose. So if it's to make sales, then more sales posts. And honestly, you cannot have too many sales posts. Now, obviously, I mean, we're not talking about like, for example, and sorry, Bitcoin people, but your sales posts suck <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> if you would do it in a more authentic way, we might not hate them so bad. But, yeah. you know, there's those posts like that that just become pure spam with the sales. Right. So, you know, call me this or that and everything. But I don't see the majority of the people in my feed. That's never going to happen. In fact, the majority of the people that I, my clients I work with, my peers, people I'm around, I'm encouraging you actually to introduce sales more often because I don't feel right. like you're doing them enough. And in reality for a business and the goal is to grow your business, then you have to have sales. You've got to let go of that icky feeling of, you know, oh my God, everybody's going to think I'm selling. Who cares? Let it go. At the end of the day, if people don't realize you're a business and you're there to sell, there's something wrong in their thinking. We can't be right. giving it all away for free. And we all give and give and give. But there, right. it does become a balance where you're giving too much too because of that internet. <laughs> and it is the internet. It's been the growth of the internet. I watch it come on, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit after the introduction of all that. <laughs> but I watched it come on with people who all of a sudden think everything on the internet needs to be free. Right. And yet at the same time, people don't value the free stuff. They don't think it's worth anything. I call that, I call that getting lost in value valley, right? Because there, and there's so many um, content producers and so many amazing professionals who, who believe that they have to keep giving and giving and yeah. giving and giving. And, and while I think giving has definitely got its, its space in, in, in strategy, its place in strategy, there is certainly a, a balance to strike over there because otherwise you're going to have given it all. And I think there's some great creators online today that have given it all. And then I have taken the leap and purchased a program from them because I'm so impressed by their generosity in, in the free space. And there's nothing on the other side of the payment portal that wasn't already shared before. Like like they, yeah. do, they do daily lives and they do like articles every day and post five times a day and their process is shared everywhere. And I'm thinking, awesome, if all of this is for free, what's going to happen you, when I buy you? that program? Yeah. And I was really, it set the bar so high. The expectation was so high. And then 
I realized, oh, hang on. Well, I've, I've, there's nothing on the other side of this. There's nothing in these modules that I haven't seen or read from you before. So I think that's another yeah. kind of injustice. Yeah, and that is a problem. Um, and then especially if it's someone like you who closely followed them. Now, now in some cases, like, shoot, and I don't share everything. There's no way I can share everything that I know um, over time. But at the end of the day, is some of the stuff, you, are you going to hurt bits and pieces of it in the free stuff? Of course. But do I expand upon it elsewhere? Yes. But yeah, I'm just like you. I definitely, there's been people I followed and it's like, wow, this is freaking incredible. And I, a LinkedIn coach that I bought a program from way back in the beginning when I was learning how to do all this stuff. It, the challenges, everything around it was incredible. And I learned so much. And I'm like, okay, yep, I'm ready to drop the money. And I did there wasn't a lot on the other side. And I was like, I was let down because I wanted more brilliance and, and all yeah. of this stuff. And it was like, so yeah, it's definitely yeah, a it's problem is to where is the line on what do you give? And there's also because of this giving idea, I think people feel like they have to give away the farm. And then there's mm -hmm. also, uh, I know several coaches I can think of right offhand that they're what they're teaching is give away the farm and people will buy from you. I don't agree because at the end of the day, you give yourself out. Right. And that's another, that's another huge problem with people is they think they got to give, 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 and it needs to be a win-win for both sides. You have to mm -hmm. be receiving as well to refill the give tank. And if you're not taking care of yourself, and that includes your business, your personal self-care, your all of this stuff. When you're doing all this giving, I mean, you see, I mean, I myself have shown up so much that I've hit burnout before and, and stuff like that. So you have to have a balance where you're also receiving, because if you keep giving and you're not making any money, what's going to happen? You're going to end up going back to work somewhere because you don't have a business. Yeah. You need money yeah, to pay absolutely. the bills. Yeah. And, and in the personal, the self-care gift tank, you can only give so much before you've got nothing left to give. Mm. So you got to take care of yourself and you've got to have something to share. And this giving away the farm, I personally think is bullshit. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think there's a, there's a, there's a fine, there's a way to show them what, what value you can create to show your, your doing client, what you can do for them. And then to, but I think this also happens in sales calls, right? Where, where you get on the sales call and you That's have so the, the strategy session <laughs> and, uh, and I'm, my heart is, is with my client when I'm speaking to them or a potential client when I'm speaking to them. And I want to, I'm itching to say, oh my God, I have the solution for, I know exactly what you need to do. And oh, it's yes. such a tiny shift. But, um, but the reason that I arrive at that tiny shift in that 45 minute or hour long conversation is because I've done it for 12 years. And yeah. so I, I, I understand or I see the problem and I can tell you what the solution is right away. And it's almost doing a disservice to, to my expertise, to the years and time that I've put into it, Exactly. just giving it away like that in, in some ways. So I, I want to ask you about goal setting for LinkedIn, because I think maybe some of this, the balance between tactical and, um, tactical and relationship building or brand building content, the balance between personal and professional goes back to or or 
it comes out of how you set your goals for LinkedIn. And I see a lot of organizations setting some really hard goals like, oh, we want to, you know, have 5,000 followers by the end of the year on the page and we want to have what 20% or 30% engagement rate and at least 200 should convert into clients. And I just think it's a little bit it's it's harsh to go in with that approach because it brings an aggressiveness or an aggression into your strategy. Um, how do you go about goal setting or setting your intentions for being on LinkedIn? Not that hard, not that tactic. <laughs> yeah, right. not, not with that hard of tactics, obviously. Um, you know, I, th- I guess the first thing I have to say with this is because I'm very, this is very much a part of the core of what I do and I believe is that it is doing what works for you. So if very tactical, very strategic, that is what works for you, more power to you. If you wanna go the softer approach, that kind of thing, more power to you. There's more than one way to get the results. Right. Um, I do think, I do think that sometimes we need a little more tactical though than we're using. Mm-hmm. And I've, re- I've brought more of that into mine over the past year. and you're probably not seeing a massive shift in it there, but there is more, I put more thought into what is the purpose of my content. Um, I'm building my network with the purpose for achieving my goals, not just building a network now, things like that. So I think you can do small shifts and still not be, I'm going to get 5,000 users. I'm going to convert this because I agree with you. We tend to be turned off and it's not everyone's turned off by that by that particular, and, and obviously you see the different salespeople who respond to that, or people that respond to that, they buy from those people. It comes down to, in reality, um, kind of masculine versus feminine energy in that aspect. So which one appeals to you more? And I tend to lean a little more towards the feminine side of it. Um, with that, I like it a little softer. I, I don't, I'm not sitting there at the end of the year, I'm going to have 30,000 followers, you know what I mean? Or, or this kind of thing. Instead, I'm going to be, how can I build a quality network and how can I add another couple thousand people to my network this year that are going to bring something to that network? Right. I love that. I, I, yeah. I sat down with my team earlier this year and instead of goals, I said, hey, how about we set intentions yeah. for how we want to show up, right? And and the intention for us became to create a safe and supportive space for the community that, that we want to serve. And that community is coaches and consultants, and they definitely have their fair share of, of challenges. It, it is a, it's a hard line of work. Most of us work alone. And so I thought safe and supportive is, is great and supportive includes me telling you how I can help you. Yes. And so that there is a a sales kind of, I'm not going to say agenda because that's the wrong word here, but there is there is a sales goal in there that's that's baked into the intention. But at the same time, again, like you said, there's nothing wrong with showing up to grow your business because that's what we're there on LinkedIn for. And if you're expecting it to be um, completely non-commercial and no asks at all, then maybe that's, you're on the wrong platform for, for that. So, yeah. I think you're on the wrong platform for any platform. If it's someone presenting themselves as a business that you're expecting. So there's a, there's this thought process of people are like, oh, well, you're going to do a webinar and you're going to sell me at the end. That's icky. 
No, it's mm. not. No, it's not. I'm giving you anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes to an hour of my time, my expertise, things like that. Yes, I want something in exchange for that. Yes, yeah. I'm going to sell to you at the end. Yeah. And that's an even trade. And, and I really see a lot of people saying they're, they're trying to move away from that aspect. I'm sorry, just to do a free training and not have anything come out of it at the end. Yes, people might do it, but people have to be told that you're selling something. They have to be reminded of that. And there's this mm -hmm. whole idea of, oh, just give it, give it, and, and they'll figure it out. I'm sorry, at the end of the day, people don't do that. They just yeah. don't, which means you have to remind them that you are selling. There has to be that trade-off. Does it have to be, you know, at the end of this, you're going to buy my stuff? No, of course not. Mm. No, yeah. but you yeah. get to present the offer at least. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. And and it's a well done webinar is the offer at the end is a beautiful extension of what you discovered or explored over there. Right. So there's I think there's too many um, formulas out there for how to do a webinar and the, the three minute webinar, and the five minute webinar. Oh, I've, I've seen so many. Yeah. And I think the problem is that a lot of people kind of try to fit into that formula, like cookie cutter formula and structure. And that's where things fall flat because yeah. you took someone else's approach and applied it completely to your offering. And it didn't really work because it Amen. didn't align with <laughs> your message, your product, your some, or the nature of the problem that you solve. So I've been in some webinars where it was um, Reiki or healing or something that was, that was, I won't say a soft product, but a product that requires you to lean in and listen closely. And the the coach or the trainer on the other end applied a really hardcore three-step sale process yeah. to that webinar. And that fell flat. Like she she had so much potential to win over that audience, but because it was it just didn't fit the the yeah. structure of that session didn't fit i don't think she got the numbers that she expected at the end of that session which had she done it in a slightly more intuitive way i think we'd have many more of us would have leaned in a bit closer well and i think that's a thing too is is people go one way or the other with the sales process the extreme of it and everything they either go really hard with it with the cook and following a cookie cutter strategy. Somebody told them to do it this way. So they're doing it this way instead, like you said, intuitively doing it. But also there's a, there's a factor people forget is if you switch the idea of the hard sell to realizing you are serving your clients. And if you don't deliver that, then you are letting those people that need you down. And you realize when you shift that balance, the idea of that sale, it becomes less hard because it's about how this is how I serve you is by helping give you my expertise. It's it's about giving helping you not make the same mistakes I did. I get to help you skip ahead and do these things. And so when you shift that mindset around on that, it changes the idea of instead of just buy my stuff, it's more like this is how I can help you. And I think when you shift that, all of a sudden things shift. And then that, that, makes, that makes it easier to intuitively say, okay, I am going to present my product at the end, but I can present it in a way, okay, we're done this. I can help you so much more if you pay me. 
there has to be a trade-off here. There just has to be a trade-off here. I cannot give you all of this for free. I have to make a living, you know what I mean? And I think it's sad we do have to remind people of that, that we have bills and things to pay too, but some, you, you just have to. And, uh, yeah. but I think you do that by just shifting it into how can I help you? How can I make your life better? And when you do that, yeah. it changes that whole ickiness of the sale even. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm so glad you brought this up because I've had some very interesting conversations that that quickly shift from kind of expertise based or marketing conversations into very personal, almost almost therapy sessions yeah. uh, where where my clients are just like, well, you know, but I want to help and I'm showing up with this love and generosity and I feel so icky asking for money when I know they're in a tough situation. And it's just, yeah. ah, that's such a hard uh, <laughs> sort of equation to deal with. And it's, I, I want to say, well, if they need your help and it's a deep enough problem for them to solve, they're gonna need to pay for that solution. Yeah. Or I suppose you make the choice to give something away for free if you wanna make that choice, but then there's a, there's a cost to your business for that action. And, and you have energy. to be willing to bear that cost. Yeah, and your energy, your self-care, everything, your self-worth even, when you yeah. give it away. Yeah. And, and, and are you valuing yourself at the end of the day? And, and not all people are gonna be in the place to afford you. And, yeah, and I think absolutely. that's the hard part. We want to help people. I mean, sometimes it breaks my heart and I will give away stuff sometimes because yeah. I see it's someone who just absolutely does not have the means and, and it, I can help them. I will. Yeah. I, and I will, but I have to make that decision. You know, I have to base that out. Do I have the energy to do this at this point? What am mm -hmm. I doing at my time? Like, are my bills being met? Are my needs being met? If my needs are being met and I have the energy to do that, then I'm okay with By all means. That. Yeah. Yeah. This, and I, I think, go, ahead. go on. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I think it comes back to, and this is such a great example that people forget, is the airplane mask on the plane? Right. You have to take care of yourself first. And, and mm -hmm. for a lot of people, that's an icky, icky idea. They want, especially with women, we've been taught we take care of everyone else first before we take care of ourselves. And that mm -hmm. idea has got to shift. And that's why so many women are burnt out. They're tired. They've got nothing left to give. And people in general who, who, give a lot. If you don't take care of yourself at the end of the day, you cannot take care of other people. You can, you're going to hit a point where you're just done. You can't do anymore. And I think that's a problem with giving away for free. And that's also another idea of how much content do you give for free? How much, whatever do you give for free? Are right. you being taken care of? You need to ask yourself that question first. And I don't think enough people do that. And you're seeing it come through in my content and I see the pushback in the comments because they're like, well, I've got to take care of my clients. No, you got to take care of you first. And that whole idea is icky and people hate it and I get so much pushback for it. But at the end of the day, if your needs aren't being met, it's going to be a matter of time. You can't help other people. And it's a real, that's something I'm very passionate about because I see so many people give and give and give and, and they don't take enough for themselves. But if you want to choose to give it to somebody for free, are your bills being paid? Do you have that energy that you can put out? Has your business yeah. reached your goals that you can give that away? 
If the answer is no, then you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. And I think a a very tactful and safe way of doing that is and again, it's kind of it's a it's a vicious cycle, right? You have to be able to generate the resources to be able to do this. But eventually, as your business grows, you can develop a a product ecosystem that is okay. So yeah. working with me one on one costs X, but work if you get on my group program, that costs half X. Exactly. And if you get in a workshop with me a half day, that's going to cost a quarter X. And if you really don't have the resources to even do quarter X, then why don't you pick up a copy of my book? Um, yeah. And that's still going to give you some insight. But yeah, to get to the point where you have the mental energy and the space and the staying power to develop the ecosystem, you have to have generated revenue and yeah. had a healthy set of clients come in and people be willing to pay for what it is that you do. So yeah, and I realize Heidi that we're very far from LinkedIn right now. That's okay. <laughs> but- this is all LinkedIn as well. You know, it, it, it just is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's really unlock LinkedIn visibility, Heidi, because I know like he touched upon earlier, it is getting harder to get seen and heard on the platform, but there's so many opportunities and so many things working in our favor right now that might change as the platform grows and more people start realizing its potential. So how do we use now the power of now and really start showing up on LinkedIn to our ideal clients? Well, I mean, it's like any social platform, the organic reach is going to go away. Now, what we hope, because LinkedIn is so based on content and conversation, the, you know, the comments and stuff, we're going to hope that they don't reduce organic reach as much as like Facebook or somebody like that did, because otherwise it's going to halt all those amazing conversations that are having and why we keep showing up. But at the end of the day, Honestly, LinkedIn is about <laughs> the biggest trick to LinkedIn. Most people miss is your engagement. Get in the comments, start having those conversations. And that is the secret to unlock invisibility on LinkedIn. It's not just posting. It's not just mm-hmm. posting about yourself, your own self, your own stuff, your everything else. In fact, the number one tip I give all my clients, and I, there's been several posts on this engagement first. If you don't have, and I don't, when I'm talking engagement, it's not just liking a post. Liking doesn't do anything. It doesn't allow you to build that relationship. It doesn't, now sometimes you're in a headspace or you're busy and you've only got a chance. You saw a post, you want to acknowledge you saw it. Great, do that. Um, right. But in reality, the comments is where the gold is at. Right. And I tell all my clients and people that if you don't have time to post that day, don't post, skip the posting, do comments. Mm-hmm. And, right. and then the mm-hmm. other thing is people forget comments are content. It's a huge thing. I see, I just saw a post the other day, a very popular influence. He's like, I don't comment. To, I don't respond to comments on LinkedIn for X, Y, Z reason. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, you're missing out on that. Every comment you make is another piece of content. It's another place of you showing up and it's a place to make it easy for you to show up. And so many people forget that one piece of content per day or 10 comments. Think about that. Right. And it's amazing how LinkedIn is starting to remind us of that as well, because now as soon as you put up a comment, it says share as a post. And there's so many people who well, I do this myself, but a lot of other people will engage with my content, a post that I put out, and they share something really meaningful. Like you yeah. can tell that they spent 
five minutes thinking about the post and five minutes writing that comment. Mm. And what a great opportunity to just <laughs> click on share this as a post and turn it into a post. And I remind people, I actually say, hey, listen, that was awesome. Please share it as a post because more people need to see this and read this. And um, and then they, yeah, some people listen, some people don't. Yeah, and I actually recommend that people keep a spreadsheet or some kind of, like I use ClickUp um, or content organization somehow and copy and paste those meaningful ones in there for reuse later. Now, as far as that share to comment on LinkedIn, it's a waste of your time. I hate to say it, but it is. Right now, LinkedIn does not give shares of anything any value they keep encouraging they do not they keep encouraging us to share people's content they encourage us now to share our comments but if you really want that content or that comment to be seen create original post okay oh great that's a good yeah yeah that's it sucks because here they are pushing you to do it but then you'll notice when you do it you get no reach on those and the algorithms just don't pick them up. And I don't know what it is in their changing because here they are, they've been pushing, they've been pushing sharing content for years. And yet the reach, when yeah. you share a piece of content, it doesn't get seen. So instead create an original post that re- references back to that post mm-hmm. and then drop a link to it. And you'll see the reach for it and do what you actually wanted to do, which was get more people to see it. But if you share it, almost no one's going to see it. And they're, right now, it's the same on the comments. They're not giving it reach. So it's like, it is frustrating. For me, that one is frustrating. <laughs> it makes no sense since they're pushing it, yeah. but then they don't give it reach. And and I'm just like, yeah. seriously? <laughs> I know I, I can. I didn't know that, but but such a useful piece of, uh, piece of information to take back because I, I often share not, well, I share other people's stuff and you're right. I haven't gone back and looked at the metrics of that because I'm usually, I'm sharing that and then I, I let it be or I don't go back and check like I would my own post. So I haven't really noticed the numbers, but such a useful thing. You had put up this one poll, Heidi. Um, this was a few weeks ago about how do you post? Like, do you schedule your content or do you just kind of create as you go or how do you go about it uh what was the result of that poll and what is your take on this <laughs> as usual most people do it when they're inspired yeah i you know i used to be that person too i only created content when i felt inspired by it i did not have a schedule i mean i still and, and when i say this don't don't get me wrong i'm not so locked in that oh my god i post at 10 o'clock on linkedin every day I, that's not me um, right. I do post on LinkedIn four to five times a week. I, the time of day varies to when I get to it because mm. I no automatic posting that just kills your reach on LinkedIn as well. Um, mm. But I leave room for inspired stuff now. I am planning my content. Any, right now I'm planned out through the end of the year. Um, normally I'm planning okay. three months in advance. Whoa. So we're, I mean, we're recording this conversation in September. So you're planned out for four months in advance. Yeah. I'm planned out to the end That's of the brilliant. year now. I, I was actually planned out when I did it. I was planned out five months in advance. Um, wow. I sat okay. down and- with, with pockets for um, organic content when you feel like sharing it kind of in, inspired content. Yeah. So I have, what I've done is 75% of it is repurposed, reused content. Um, And that's the reason I highly recommend you use some type of program to help keep your content organized. 
I mean, I, I love ClickUp, ton of them out there. Asana, all those are out right. there. Everything's out there. But that uh, you could even use <laughs> use Google Files for a while in the beginning. That Trillo, Trillo yeah. worked well for me for a long time. Um, then we mm -hmm. needed something more sophisticated. Um, but at the end of the day, seventy five percent of that content will be repurposed and reused from content I've already created. I mean, I have over five right. years of content sitting there. You want to squeeze right. the ROI out of it. There's no reason not to. It saves you time. It saves you energy. Mm -hmm. Say you have a day you got writer's block. You don't want to do anything or you're busy. Go find a piece, put it up. But if you already planned out, all of that is easy. Mm -hmm. And so 75% of that's done, leaving 25% of it for what hits me and what's inspired. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw you, you'd put up this awesome, like chickpea curry and rice one Sunday. And I was like, oh my God. And I made chickpea curry and rice that Sunday. Nice. So <laughs> that, that content works super well. I love that you mix it up, Heidi. I love that. And I've seen you have this theme of, um, like a culinary theme across your entire yeah. brand. Uh, where did that come from? Out of curiosity, is it obviously your love for cooking? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm actually a food blogger. I've also worked as a chef. Um, so it, it's, I, I love food. I food. I'm a food and wine person. Just you can get me anywhere with that. I, I, I often tell people you can bribe me quite easily. Give me a good meal and some wine and we're probably good to go. But <laughs> not quite that easy. But, you know, <laughs> uh, it's got to be really good food and really good wine. <laughs> yeah, but, but I do. I, I really, truly believe that you can solve almost any problem if you could set people down over a meal of good food and get people actually talking and communicating. I mean, those two things I are so huge to me that I don't, the majority of the problems in the world is lack of communication and everybody loves a good meal. And you know how you feel when you've sat down at the group of people and you've had a great meal and you just chill out and you relax and you actually talk. Uh, your guard comes down something. And so I've been able to, I bring it into, in with me because, you know, it just, it's part of who I am and I love to feed yeah. people. <laughs> oh, I love that. I am coming to visit you and then we've got to make some amazing meals together. Cause that's just, yeah, that sounds amazing. And I completely agree with you with, with what, what unfolds over a great meal um, and a few too many glasses of wine. It's just, it's always divine. <laughs> Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Can you have the good question? Good question. Uh, how do you, so I want to, I know we're getting to the top of our hour together and I'm, I'm mindful that, uh, that you've got a busy schedule to get to and probably hopefully an inspired LinkedIn post to do after this. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, just to take us back very quickly to that, because I think it was a tactical kind of takeaway for me and, and perhaps um, people that are listening as well. You said, plan your content, but don't put it into a scheduler because that drops your reach. Yeah. So does, how, how did, so if I use something like, I don't know, I'm not going to name a scheduler, yeah. but any scheduler that automatically posts to LinkedIn, does LinkedIn know? Yep. And okay. And does it actually limit the amount of people that are reached by that post? It does. You're going to hear different opinions on that but posting live on LinkedIn is going to get you the best reach. And it's, okay. I've tested it both yeah. ways. I've done that both ways. Uh, if you're going to use automatic schedulers, use them on the native platforms that have the native, like Facebook has the creative suite. Um, use that. Don't use outside schedulers because Facebook 
will drop your reach on Instagram and Facebook if you're using outside ones. Now, at the end of the day, does it keep you showing up consistently? Would you not have shown up if you didn't have the scheduler at all? Then in that case, use the scheduler. Use the tool yep. that's going to keep you consistent. But if you can post it live, you're going to get a lot better results. And yep. that's the reason if you need to post a certain, you need to set your calendar up that you post at a certain time of day, then fine, do that. It doesn't matter. Do it that yep. way. But I don't like to tell people not to completely not use an auto scheduler if that's what it keeps to keep you showing up. But here's the problem with that. If you aren't showing up to handle the comments and stuff that are happening, because a lot of people schedule their auto schedulers to post even in the middle of the night, things like that, because it, you know, people around the world are still up. Different, yeah, Facebook time zones. 24 seven. Um, mm. And you're not showing up to engage, then it's not going to do you any good. Right. Because once again, yeah. they haven't put the effort into realizing how much engagement makes a difference. And this isn't just LinkedIn, this is all your platforms. If you are not showing up to engage with people, then you're not training your algorithms to work for you, make your life easier. You're also not respecting the people who are commenting on your stuff and you're losing all of that engagement. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I get some people are sales oriented only. They don't care about the relationship, but yours and my audience, the majority of people we work with, we're relation based, ship based when it comes to our sales and stuff. So if you're not showing up to do that engagement, and build that relationship, then you lost that advantage anyway. Yeah. So I tell people, yeah, if you're going to use an auto scheduler, LinkedIn drops your reach, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of the Twitter's a question, actually. I don't know for a positive on Twitter on that one. I don't know either. I'm looking for a good Twitter expert to come onto the podcast, Heidi. So if you know someone, let me think about that. Because yeah, that's a question to. I want to know too. Is is does auto scheduling on Twitter affect your reach? I don't know. I do know that on Facebook and Instagram, it definitely affects your reach unless you use theirs. LinkedIn, it right. definitely affects your reach, and they don't have one. So maybe one's coming. I don't know. We do have changes coming mm -hmm. in September. Time for time for the updates. Um, I don't know what's coming with that. But auto schedulers hurt your reach. You're better off posting when you yeah. can post. Right. And you hear me say daily. For me, daily is four to five days a week. I you you need time off social media. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I've got two kind of final questions for you before we wrap this up, uh, Heidi. One is how important is it to ride the waves of like new stuff coming and going on on LinkedIn? Because with with Instagram, for instance, when when stories came and you got on stories, or when yeah, reels came, reels. which is much more recent, and you did reels, your reach was exponential compared to what the what the post did for you so is is it similar on linkedin oh, should you ride all the waves and yes okay. oh yeah polls Go ahead. that's why you're seeing so many polls linkedin right. has tripled if not quadrupled the reach on polls and that's why you're seeing the people who are taking advantage of it i'm taking advantage of it i didn't at first i hate them i do i mean we're flooded with them i'm so sick of polls but am i using them heck yeah because it increases my yeah. reach, it increases my visibility and you're full not to. So do you ride the yeah. waves? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Because okay. every platform LinkedIn included will put more weight onto the latest thing to get people to use it and use it until yeah. they don't anymore. I mean, 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like like stories has now suddenly gone away. And I was like, oh, no, I went on to add a story because I really enjoyed LinkedIn stories and I couldn't find it anymore. And I looked it up and um, yeah, it was just I, I thought maybe because they do kind of enable and disable features in different regions at different times. And I thought maybe Norway lost it, but no, uh, it's yeah, been but it lost to fun. all of us for now. Um, the email I got right. sent says it's they're coming back. They'll come back revamped. And they, they needed it. They didn't roll it out quite right. So if they come back with a lot right. more usability, more like Instagram, Facebook stories, that kind of stuff, then you're going to see people using them more. I mean, is, I love right. stories on the other two platforms and I used them on LinkedIn to an extent, but I found myself not checking them. Whereas over on Facebook and Instagram, I check people's stories regularly, but it was because of the lack right. of usability on LinkedIn. Mm, on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And my final question, Heidi, is from everything that you shared with me, what I'm taking back is that LinkedIn visibility is very much like building connections and getting visible in any real life community or any person to person community as well, where it's engagement and caring about others and not having one sided conversations because, you know, that person at the party is never fun. <laughs> um, it's really about about authenticity and bringing your whole self to the to the to the game or however much you want to bring to the table, but then then do that well. Um, and it's about it's about conversation and real connection. And what else would you say? I'm missing over there from because I'm gonna I'm like making my little package of what am I taking back? How do I unlock LinkedIn visibility? No, I think you nailed it when you said community. If you think about LinkedIn as a community and your network as a community that you're building, then you're going to harvest the the things. And then the other thing, of course, is make sure that you do have your goals, your purpose, your intention in mind. Uh, what is it you're trying to achieve from the platform? And keep that in mind with everything you do and all the actions you take on there. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then ignore, ignore the haters. <laughs> do yeah. your thing. Be you. Be what works for you and your brand. And I think that's the most important thing on LinkedIn is not to get paralyzed by this. Am I too professional enough? You're professional enough oh, yeah. if you're doing what works for you and your brand. So just bring us you. At the end of the day, that's what's going to connect with people. And what a gift that is. <laughs> it's an amazing one. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Heidi, for this. I, I've learned so much. I've taken so much back from this conversation. And I always do, even if we just do a coffee chat on Zoom. I'm always like, ooh, I'm like journaling and taking notes after our conversation. So this one's no different. I really appreciate you taking the time to be here today. Oh, thank you so much, Aditi. I have enjoyed it. This is a great conversation. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of episode one, Unlocking LinkedIn Visibility with Heidi Medina. Heidi has a host of ways to support you guys to win on LinkedIn. So I recommend you find her and connect with her. All links to connect with her are on adityjn.com slash podcast slash episode one. Once again, that's adityjn.com slash podcast slash episode one. Did you find value in today's episode? 
If you did, share this episode with a colleague or a friend along with your top sticky note from today's conversation. Every time I listen to great podcasts, I'm always making these little sticky notes of things that um, stick for me or messages that stuck for me, a little lesson in there that I want to remember. And I have these up in my office, on the refrigerator, all over the house. So if you've made a sticky note from today's conversation, then go ahead and share it with a colleague or a friend. Share this episode with them too. If you do it on social media, then please include the hashtag #HelpMeUnlockPodcast. This way, I'm gonna find it and see it, and give you a shout out and send you a massive virtual hug. Thank you for listening. I hope you keep growing in ways that matter most to you.